for calling Call Me Cowboy. For Western lifestyle, press 1. For country music, press 2. For cowgal pals, press 3. Or stay on the line to speak to our representatives. Thank you. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Call Me Cowboy podcast. I'm Katie from Life Wayward. And I'm Hannah from at Hannah Beth Virginia. And we are going to be doing an episode that we've been talking about for a while. And if you followed me for a long time, you know that I've wanted to talk about this for a long time. Uh, this is going to be our The Alchemist video about the book the alchemist yep we're doing book club vibes today i'm excited yes okay if you if you guys like this please like dm us and let us know because i'm like really interested in like doing a book club on here like maybe like once every other month or something just like we like read something and then we talk on here about what we thought just because it would be fun but if not totally understand i'm a big book person but this book literally changed my life and so i was like telling Hannah she needed to read it I recommend it to everyone I keep copies of it like in my house at all times just to give away to people I have my own annotated copy that I've read three times or four times five times I think uh and literally every time I read it I learn something new and it's just an amazing amazing book it is the number one most translated book in the world right underneath the bible so the bible is number one but this is like the most translated book other than the bible um and it's by Paulo Coelho yeah I'm really excited to get into it this is actually a book that like she said Katie recommended to me I don't know probably like six months ago or more at this point like it's been a long time that she's like dude you need to read this book and I like I've said a lot I kind of like was hesitant to read it just because it didn't seem like the type of book that would like it just wasn't something that I like typically read I guess but then not only did Katie recommend it but Will Smith recommended it and then Russ did too and Russ is my favorite person in the world so I'm like if he quotes this in his song I need to be reading it so but also what does he quote I can't remember I have to look it up yeah hold on I actually can look it up but um yeah, I also did the Think Week earlier this year, and it was just one of those things that I don't usually read, but I know I listen to enough podcasts and do enough research to know that it's something that's good for you. So I was like, okay, I need to read something. And after, like I said, Katie just recommended this constantly, it really sounded like something that would fit and align with what I was going hoping to go through during the Think Week as far as finding clarity for my life. And I feel like in general, just like, Overall, this book really helped put into words a lot of like what I feel about as far as life and societal standards and like where I'd like to be. And so it was something that ended up being like the most perfect option for me to read during the Think Week. So though how I it came into my hands and my knowledge was I'm when I was in high school, um, I was really obsessed with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Um, I still really like Macklemore, but I was like, we're like very, very into him and like his story. And like, I don't know. He's just, I think the way that he, at the time when I was in high school was like talking about, he had just came out with the heist. Well, he hadn't just came out with it, but he had came out with it while I was in high school and he talks a lot about sobriety and his journey with sobriety and all that. And I, I think it's interesting, but anyways, uh, he, in his, when his little girl, when his wife got pregnant with his little girl. He wrote a song called uh, Growing Up, and in it he says, I recommend that you read The Alchemist. And I was like, okay, if Macklemore loves this book, I want to read it. And then, again, <laughs> Will Smith loves it. Russ loves it. Um, I could literally list, like, countless people that have, yeah, been impacted Very by the book. consistent book that a lot of people bring up, for sure. And I was at a time, I had, like, looked it up after he talked about it, and I had read all these blogs about how... It is the best book to read, like, when you are, like, not sure where to go in your life. And you're not sure what to do next. And you're, like, trying to figure out what you are supposed to do with your life. And, like, they say it's the best book for high school graduate. Like, when you you graduate high school to read. So I bought it. I started reading it. um, And I did not even know what I was diving into. And it literally changed my entire outlook on life, on my relationship with God, on the way that I live. And I read it again when I lived in Washington. I was also feeling lost and confused I read it again and I've read it several times since then every time I feel like I need to read it I read it and I learn more and more about it about me myself and the world every time I read it um and me and my sisters have always loved loved it and yeah it it's really made a difference in my life and I feel like it does a good job of explaining some really hard topics in very simple words it's written really mm-hmm. simply. It's a short book. It's only like 180 pages, I think. Um, yeah, it is extremely short. It's a quick read. Like even Jenny, she just wrote it and she, uh, or read it and she uh, read it in like 
four hours <laughs> one full yeah. night basically so, it is yeah. super it's super quick and it's written in just very plain english it's not anything really mm-hmm. hard to understand um and so what it is is it's a fable about following your dreams and by, i feel like when you say fable people are like oh is this like hansel and gretel or something no it's a story and it's like going That's it's like I almost like in the beginning too so yeah it's almost like a self-help book but told through a story so you're gonna learn by going on this journey with the main character. Um, and again, I, I'm going to explain what this is about. And you, you're going to probably say, like, this sounds so boring. But just, like, keep an open mind, okay? Mm-hmm. Also, there's going to probably be spoilers in this podcast. Even if you know all the spoilers, though, it's not going to damage the book for you. Like, I think you could still read it and love it. I'm not going to try to, like, get too much into, like, the very end of the book or anything. But uh, mm-hmm. we're just going to talk a lot about, like, the meanings. And there will be uh, scenes from the book that we bring up that will probably spoil parts of the book for you but just still read it and i would definitely say like if you want to listen to this podcast and this is something like a book that you would really like to read maybe get the book read it and then listen to this podcast because we're going to dive into some of the things that he does go through on this journey and i think it will just make a whole lot more sense if you read the book first then you can actually kind of feel what we're talking about first of all if you're reading it here are my rules for reading it when you read it, there's a lot of symbols in the book, so try to keep that in mind. You need to be an active reader when you read it. You should take notes. You should highlight things uh, and really constantly. try to get into it. Yeah, annotate and try to apply what you're learning to your life. Also, sorry if you can hear the planes flying over. I live near an Air Force base, and it is not very convenient. Also, understand that everything that's in this book is for a bigger purpose than, or like for a bigger meaning than obviously what his journey is. So he's not saying some of the things that he's saying and the people that he meets up with aren't saying some of the things that they're saying lightly. You know, there's a lot that's through the book that should be taken really seriously. So like she's saying, when you're going through it, be really active about looking for those little moments i want to say little signs throughout the book that are really important actually also the author of this book paulo he is from brazil the book was originally written in portuguese so it seems uh, there are like translations in here that seem like a little bit like like i said it's very plain english it's like he went here he did this Mm -hmm. and you're like it's kind of weird but i think it's because of the translation uh and also uh this is the first book that he ever had published and he carried around for 10 years sending it to multiple publishers and no one would publish it um and so his journey rep like is very similar to Santiago's where he was failing and failing and failing. And now it is the most translated book in the world underneath only the Bible, which is really crazy that so many people turned him down. So Mm -hmm. kind of interesting. So the book is about a boy named Santiago who is a shepherd. Santiago um, has, his parents wanted him to go to college, but he wanted to be a shepherd or they wanted him to go to a monastery or something. Yeah. They wanted him to be a priest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he didn't want to. So his dad was like, okay, Take your money and go buy your sheep. And he became a shepherd. Uh, He also had a really big love for traveling, too. Yes, he loves to travel. And so he, um, one day, as he's a shepherd, has a dream that he finds buried treasure beneath the pyramids. This happens in the very first chapter. And he's like, that's crazy. LOL. And (laughs) just, like, doesn't really think much of it. He just has a dream that there's buried treasure at the pyramids. Right? So... Uh, he like ends up going into the town where he's supposed to go to, to sell his, uh, wool from his sheep. And a guy there like meets him in the square and it's like a king. And he basically like looks at him. He's like, Hey, that dream you had, it wasn't fake. It's real. And you need to go find the treasure. And like, he knows the dream that Santiago had before like, without ever talking to Santiago. And Santiago's like, what the frick? This is crazy. And that's kind of where the journey begins of Santiago going on a... Like, he has to get to Egypt, go to the pyramids, find a guide to take him there, and all this stuff. And it's you're just following his journey. And Santiago's actual dream, like, the dream he had when he was sleeping, is a symbol of, like, your dream in life. Like, what you want to do in life. What is that dream for yourself? What do you want for yourself? So... Uh, whether that is, you know, a, a career goal, a you want to be a mom or whatever that is, like your dream, right? So, Which the old man that he met up with, the king, basically defined that in the beginning as your personal legend. So when we go and talk more about personal legend as it gets deeper into this book, that's what we're referring to is essentially, um, I have a uh, quote by him on here. So he explains what personal legend is. And he said, it's what you have always wanted to accomplish. Everyone when they're young knows what it is. He basically just says that that's something that when people go through their life, they resist it the most, which can be 
mirrored as people who work regular nine to fives and that's not necessarily something that they are um it's not like their they, dream they, yeah exactly they do the safe thing a lot of the book talks about like another quote that the the king says is like the world's greatest lie is that at a certain point in our lives we lose control of what's happening to us and our lives become controlled by fate which isn't true and he talks mm-hmm. about how at any point in your life you're capable of pursuing what you were put on this earth to do which in the book they call your personal legend your uh, what you were put on earth to do, right? Whatever that is. And like Hannah was saying, it's usually the thing that you've always liked doing. Like, uh, like for example, a lot of kids grow up drawing and they love making art, but then they grow up and they stop doing it because it's just not a reliable career choice. But maybe yeah. if you had followed your passion, you'd be successful at it because you're passionate about it and that's what you should be doing, right? And a lot happier. Um, yeah. So the whole book, you're following Santiago in his journey and there's a lot of like specific things that happen to him like bumps in the road that you uh also go through as a person just in the real world trying to accomplish your goal and he addresses a lot of things like um omens and just i'm going to talk about crystal shops that'll make sense when we talk about it uh, longer but things that make you trip up while you're trying to pursue your what what your life's mission is what your dream Mm -hmm. is right and they talk a lot about um how if you have a dream, like the the dream that is on your heart, the thing that you want, it's not there for no reason. Like it didn't come out of nowhere. God put it there um, and he wants you to pursue it. He wouldn't put that on you if it wasn't what you were supposed to do. So if you truly purely want something and you think that that is like your reason for being here, then that is what you should be doing. Like mm-hmm. no questions asked, which I deeply agree with. So um, at first... Uh, Santiago's like, okay, this is like really crazy. I don't really know like what I'm doing or where I'm going or if this is the right thing to do. And the book kind of talks about in your life, there are omens left from God where he is speaking to you and telling you what to do next. Um, and some of those, like an omen can be whatever you want it to be real. Like what, however, not whatever you want it to be, but like you can interpret things just however you would interpret things, I guess. It, like, God meets you where you are, I guess, to tell you mm-hmm. what to do next. Um, like, for example, if something just falls in your lap, like, you just randomly get this really great opportunity, and you've wanted it really bad, and there's, like, no strings attached, it just works out, that is, like, God telling you this is the thing you should do. Like, you need to mm-hmm. go this way. Or, like, at the beginning of something, things are just falling into place. Like, they're just making sense. Everything's coming together perfectly for this to happen. And, like, all these coincidences are adding up for this one thing to happen. Like, that's how you know you're on the right path. It's working. Which I like, think that's, like, the one thing that a lot of people kind of avoid because, you know, like, at least for me before I read this book, I don't think I really paid attention to the signs and omens. I know I didn't pay attention to omens and signs as much as... I should have been, you know, because I think for me, maybe I was looking for something really big to happen in my life or it had to be something really big in order for me to understand that, yeah, this is the way that I need to be going. When in reality, it could just be a conversation that you have with somebody or it could just be the fact that it could literally for for me, I, when I was re- realizing my goals throughout the Think Week and everything, like it was already the way that things were set up in my life and I just yeah. hadn't realized them yet. So that's like what they talk about a lot with Omens too, is that it is like the littlest things that you would never even realize. And usually a lot of people just go through life and constant omens come and then they end up just like fading away because you're not looking for them anymore. And they say like with omens, when you're going and you're pursuing your personal legend, that's when the omens really start to show up in your life. But if you're in a place in your life where you've kind of let that go and you've let go of kind of just like the pursuance of finding your soul and like what makes you happy then the omens as well start to just kind of disappear in a way until you because you're not looking for them exactly yeah so it's almost like pointless like okay if you're not i mean just like you said you're not looking for them so they're not going to show up anymore it helps me uh when i read this book the second time i was living in washington and like reading it i was just really thinking about like okay it's really easy to un- like understand your life backwards, right? So I would like look back and think yeah. of like why, like what are some things that I took for granted working out that like shouldn't have worked out? And there were so many things in my life that just like came together for me, worked out for me, that just like shouldn't have worked out or weird mm-hmm. coincidences that like I hadn't really thought a lot about at the time, but now looking back, I'm like if that hadn't happened, 
where would I be right now? And like, what are the mm. odds of that happening? Like, how? Mm-hmm. What are the freaking odds that that would have happened for me? Um, Even like, and, like shitty boyfriends leading to like the people that we have found now. Because yeah. like I believe with you and Ethan too, you a shitty boyfriend kind of led to you and Ethan, and same with me, a shitty boyfriend. So it's like it could be the good things, but it could also be the bad things. Obviously, that happened in your life that lead you to where you are now for a reason. And they're t- pointing you in the direction of where to go. Like mm-hmm. uh, things like. Uh, I mean, I, so I wanted to move back to Arizona, but my credits wouldn't be accepted anywhere from, from my community college that I went to. And I was having the hardest time. I applied to every school I could. And then I applied to GCU, which is, was my dream school when I was in high school. And GCU was the only school that took my credits. Like, what are the fucking, how? Like, and they like willingly changed things for me to take my credits, like, and like made, did things for me to help to get me into GCU that like why does it work like that and that was the only reason I was able to mo- to move and then Ethan like getting his job with the police department in Arizona like right when we needed him to so that we could move and like just things lining up like uh, my parents ended up getting a cabin like right when we wanted to buy the trailer and so they could sell it like just weird things lining up like that perfectly that like you never take a think about really in the moment but really like that is like literally god like laying the foundation for what is next for you and that's how you know and so in your life if you are doing something and it, it just like absolutely nothing is working out for it you don't really know if you want it it's like it's not you're not passionate about it right like Maybe that's not the thing you're supposed to be doing. Like, really think about why you're doing it and why you're going after that. Or, like, if what you're doing doesn't bring you joy or make you happy or you're just doing it for other people or because society tells you that's what you should do and, like, that's the acceptable, quote-unquote, thing to do, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't right. be doing- See, that's, I think that's what it comes down to for sure is, like, thinking about what you would be doing as cheesy as the quote is what you would be doing if the world didn't tell you what to do, kind of. Yeah. You know, if you, like, really look inward and see what you were meant to be meant to do because sometimes when you're going through things too it's such a fine medium because it's kind of like what you're going through right now just in your own personal life where there are a lot of obstacles and it is really difficult for you and it isn't really working out that well and so it does make you think okay is this like what I'm meant to do is this like what actually makes me happy and I think that that naturally comes with um, the process of achieving whatever your personal legend is as well so it is kind of like I think a happy meeting medium, but also for sure thinking about who you would be if it wasn't for the outer influence of societal standards or what other people, including your parents or whatever want of you. And the book talks a lot about people that, um, pe- that most people in life don't do that. They don't do what they actually want to do. Like they'll do whatever is safest, whatever everyone else tells them to do, whatever is the socially acceptable thing to do, whatever that is. They don't actually follow their personal legend. So they're not in tune with listening to God, listening to like seeing the signs that are so obviously there of what you should do. They don't, they don't listen to those things. And so a lot of times when you're talking about your big goals that you have that seem like you can't accomplish them, those people can't relate to you and they'll shit on you because they have shut their own stuff down and decided Mm -hmm. that, yeah, the dreams, that's not my deal. I don't need to do that. That's not mature. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, and they, they put, they put those ideas to bed and they don't go after them. And so it's hard to navigate your life where you are one of the only people that's doing that because Mm -hmm. everyone around you is going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. But the people that fight through that and fight through that like that scary like what am I doing like is this the right thing to do this is scary I'm risking everything the people that fight through that those are the successful people those are the Will Smiths the Macklemore's the Russes the people that succeed at what they love doing because they didn't listen to anyone and they just stayed focused on what they wanted and followed their path that God has made for them and that's what happens to Santiago too while he's going through the book is you know he explains there's multiple quotes with throughout the book about how that journey really is very alone because there are so many people around you that I mean it's almost just out of perspective for them like how many people even in my life do I know that they think that nine to five job and making that money so that your family's secure is fully everything that life means and not to say that that is not extremely important but a lot of people just leave that there and then they don't have anything else to life and I feel like throughout this book he was definitely like all the people that he encountered besides the alchemist um, himself were all lost in the chain and the cycle that 
kind of life brings when you're just trying to find some security and comfort in life. When in reality, security and comfort is exactly what we're supposed to try and avoid in order to achieve whatever, you know, we're set out to achieve. One of the quotes from the book that um, the king tells Santiago is, um, in the long run, what people think about shepherds and bakers becomes more important for them than their own destinies. So he's basically saying, like, you get caught up in, like, oh, what do people think of me if I do this? Instead of just being like, this is what I want. Which, why do you care? It's so stupid that, like, and it seems so simple when we say it like that, like, because it it is so simple, but, like, in the moment it's way harder to do. Like, why do you care so much what other people think about you? You should just Mm -hmm. care about what you want, like, not Mm -hmm. anything else. Like, really. And I think it is more comfortable, too. They talk about the baker a lot. It's just some. Uh, a character basically that he came across like in the beginning of the book and it he's referenced to a lot throughout the book and i think too it's like because they talk about how i believe it was him and then another person that's kind of caught up in that cycle as well how they both talked about how they did have dreams and then it but what we were talking about earlier before this podcast there isn't an answer for any of it you know there's no, no like decision but if you go into a job like being a baker or being a merchant or something like that then you can put pretty because people have done it in the past you can put a b c and t- together to figure out you know this is how i'm going to make money and then in this amount of years is when i can do it when inevitably a lot of people just end up staying in that cycle but i think that is also wise because they yeah they don't want the opinions of other people to come onto them and they don't want to have to live with that but also it is kind of an easier formula to be in that cycle just because that's the way that our world goes around well and we as people this is why you're worthy of your dreams is like my slogan like as people we believe that we don't deserve those things that Mm -hmm. that success is for lucky people or other people or not one percent yeah yeah and it's not it's for anybody that wants to grab fucking life by the balls and do it you can do it if you want to do it but you have to be ballsy enough to do that and Mm -hmm. uh so obviously it's not always easy and uh following your dreams isn't easy and that's where we get to the part my one of my favorite parts of the book which is crystal shops so santiago at in the beginning of the book doesn't is nervous about this and then this guy meets him in a square this king and is like your dream was real follow it and santiago's like well shit okay this is crazy that he knows what my dream was so obviously he's gonna follow this guy because he clearly knows something so he sells all his sheep like and to get money so that he can go to the pyramids he's giving up everything he has right because that's what you have to do a lot of times in your dream is you have to commit 100 and and put everything on the line and give it up right so he sells all his sheep and just so that he can like get across the, this body of water to to find a guide to take him to Egypt. He gets across the body of water. He starts looking for some uh, somebody to take him on camels to the pyramids, and he finds a guide. And he's like, "Sweet, I'm gonna like this is my guide. All I have is all this money. Like, um, it all all, the, all that I have is this money that I have with me. And that's I've sold everything I have. This is it." He ends up trying to make a deal with the guy, and the guy screws him over and takes all his money. So Santiago is left with absolutely nothing he is fucked royally fucked and um this at one point that um he says like this is after this has happened he says um he wept because god was unfair and because this was the way god repaid those who believed in their dreams and then santiago says i'm going to become bitter and distrustful of people because one person betrayed me i'm going to hate those who have found their treasure aka followed their dreams because i never found mine and i'm not going i'm going to hold on to what little i have because i'm too insignificant to conquer the world and i think that is such a perfect part of this book right because there are times in your life where you have tried to go after something and something like this has happened. Something that comes to my mind specifically in my life is my husband was wanting to pro rodeo this year and his good horse died. Randomly got cancer, literally overnight died. Like from being completely healthy, 10 years old, nothing wrong to dead as a doornail, gone. Like, And this is was how my husband was. He's like, I'm going to become bitter and distrustful of people mm-hmm. because like one thing went wrong and this is how God repays people who put everything on the line, right? We spent all this money mm-hmm. on this horse. Like he was our... like most valued asset and now he's gone and i'm gonna be upset and just think this isn't for me and i'm too insignificant to do what i want to do right um and so santiago then says okay fuck the dream thing not doing this anymore and he wanders into a crystal shop just like some what i call a shitty job like basically like if you're serving at circle k or let's say 
you decide to go or serving at Circle K. Serving at a restaurant, <laughs> not a gas He's station. Too personally involved with the Circle K. <laughs> I am. I should be sponsored by Circle K at this point. But let's say you're serving at a restaurant or you decide okay, I tried to do my dream thing. It didn't work out. So I'm just going to go, you know, get this, this job that I don't really want because it'll give me a paycheck. And that's what Santiago does. He goes and works at this crystal shop and he makes a deal with himself that he is going to work at this crystal shop and to, and save up all the money he can so that he can go back home and buy his sheep and just go back to living his yeah, get normal all life. Yeah, sheep back. Yep. So the crystal shop is just a waiting area in Santiago's journey where he's just sitting there and it's along this the road to Mecca, which is like the Holy Land where all of these religious people, like it is their dream in life, like all of them to just go to Mecca. That's all they want to do in life. Right. And so he's on a crystal shop along the road to that. So he is watching people every day doing exactly what their dream is going to Mecca, mm -hmm. doing exactly what they want. Right. And he is just sitting in the crystal shop, watching them all pass him while he just makes money. And the crystal shop owner, um, basically tells him that it was his dream to go to Mecca, but he lost all his money. So he just opened the crystal shop and said, and that's all he's ever going to do. And he's never going to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's literally with somebody who did, who is doing, who had already done what Santiago was about to do, give up on his dream and just go home, go back to the safe thing, work that nine to five and it's die like in a parallel universe if this merchant was like if santiago ended up deciding to not pursue it like what he would have ended up as basically exactly and so i talk to a lot of people about i say there are a lot of crystal shops in your life like you can and it's the crystal shop is comfortable it's easy you're good at it you make good money right like and Sure. That, that happened in the book too. Like he did, he came in and provided a lot of value for the business too. It wasn't oh, something yeah. that was like actually hard for him. Like he was making a lot of money and he was actually making the merchant more money than he had ever before. He was killing it in the crystal shop, doing amazing. He makes back all his money in such a short amount of time and he was like doing great. And like a lot of us get in these comfortable positions in our life where we're at jobs that, sure, I don't love it. It's not great, but it's comfortable. It's I'm making money. Mm -hmm. I'm safe. I'm fine. But at the end of the day, the crystal, the guy who owns the crystal shop, the merchant, basically tells him, like, when you get to be my age, you're going to look back and be like, why didn't I just fucking do the mm -hmm. other thing? Like, But it was if, weird, too, because the merchant, like, he, like, got into this position now that he's older to where he doesn't even see himself doing it. Like, there was a quote that he said, um, he was talking about just, like, going there and, like, how if he actually, if he's, like, viewed himself going and going to the Mecca and being there and seeing it so many times that he's at this point to where he literally says, I'm afraid that if my dream is realized, I'll have no reason to go on living. Which is like literally the cycle that people get into because they just think yeah. that this dream that they have is like so undervalued because they have it in their head. They have the vision, but that's good enough for them, basically, is what he's saying, which is sad. Yeah. And they and you like there's like a fear of of um, success. Like, what if mm -hmm. I accomplish it? That's, then what yep. do I do? Like, think about the pressure that's going to happen to me after I do that. Right. Like, I think a lot of people fall into that. So. In your life, are you sitting in a crystal shop? It can be a relationship. I, I talked to this about some of my sister's boyfriends. Like, yeah, he's not, like, amazing, but, like, he's fine. Like, he tr he treats me fine, and, like, it's okay, and, like, we're, we're good. Like, nothing's bad, but, like, is that actually who you want to be with? Like, is he perfect mm -hmm. for you? Like, do you really, like, is that really what you want, or is this just a crystal shop for you? Are you just... Move, do you just need to move on and get uncomfortable? And I've been in jobs like that, right? Like, I've been, like, in... Uh, like I've, I've had clients like that where I'm like, you know what? I could just do this. Or like the Disney job that I just, the internship that I just turned down, like that would have just been a crystal shop. Like, why am I going to work this job? that like, I don't even want, I, I don't mm -hmm. want it. Like, I don't want to go work there. I don't want to go there after my ideal dream is working for myself, doing my socials, having the podcast, doing all that. So why would I go do this quote unquote safe thing? Cause there is a time in your life where you need to go all in. Like, you can't be in the middle anymore. Like, you, I, like, for me personally, I've been, like, doing everything really safely. I still work. I still have all my incomes and all that. But at a certain point, you need to choose, like, do I keep doing the safe thing and make my, keep my actual dream, my side gig forever? Or do I make my side gig my full-time hustle and actually pursue it the way I should be? Mm -hmm. And it's scary to make that commitment and, and to do that because of all the things that you risk losing. Like, by doing mm -hmm. that, like stability uh, and and like that paycheck that comes every week but mm -hmm. you have to go all in at some point and that's where Santiago finds himself at the end 
he makes all the money that he's supposed to make uh, to buy his sheep back in the crystal shop. And then he basically wakes up and real and talks to the crystal merchant. The crystal merchant is like, dude, I'm like, you should go do what you actually want to do pretty much. Like, cause I didn't. And I wish I did. Um, and he realizes like, you're right. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I going home? Yeah. The merchant at the end, when he was leaving, he's like, you and I both know that you're not going to end up going, buying, going and buying sheep. And I yeah. was like, see, and cause he knows, I don't know. I feel like throughout the entire book, Santiago had like almost a light to him, you know, obviously as a character, but he's very self-aware. And I think that that's something that's really important when you're going through your journey is to yeah. be extremely self-aware about like when you have the tendency to go back to what is comfortable. And I think like it, although it took him, I don't know, he was working there for like a year, right? And yeah. it took him that long to realize, okay, like, I, I really need to at least give this the shot that it deserves. So Santiago ends up leaving. He joins a caravan to get to Egypt, and uh, he meets a Englishman in the, in the caravan, right? One of my favorite quotes in the book is he is talking to the Englishman about um, how he was talking to a king. And he said, he's like saying, yeah, these were given to me by a king. The king gives him some stones, right? And uh, the Englishman says, did you say a king? And Santiago says, I guess you don't believe that the king would talk to someone like me, a shepherd. Um, and then the Englishman says, not at all. It was shepherds who were the first to recognize a king that the rest mm -hmm. of the world refused to acknowledge. So it's not surprising that kings would talk to shepherds. And it I just remember like, that. it's one of my favorite quotes of the whole book. And I think it just like goes to show you like Santiago is a normal everyday person. And this is another one of those things where you think like, I don't deserve big things. I don't deserve to be talked to by a king. Right? That's not actually what the, what we would say in the modern day. But I don't right. deserve to accomplish this big thing. I don't deserve to be to have a platform to have people. Or sometimes it's in even me. talking to God too. You know, like I know Keek. Sometimes he has problems because he's like, I feel like I've like not talked to God for long periods of my life, and it's really hard to get back into that. You know. And like, why do I deserve to talk to him if I haven't yeah. been doing that? Right? Like you feel and, unworthy in a way. And here it's like literally saying like, dude, God is for those people, for mm -hmm. all of us. We're all those people. He is for the shepherds, the bakers, the, just the normal everyday people. And like, so are our dreams. So are all these things that, that you see other people accomplishing. They're for you too. Like it's not reserved for one certain person, right? Alongside the book, there's a little, like kind of a little romance going on, but not really. It's really, it's really just a comment on relationships in your life. And like in the beginning of the book, Santiago wants to marry this, like it's the baker's daughter, right? That he wants to marry. And he, like, really yeah. wants to get back to her village so that he can, like, impress her dad and ask for her hand that in marriage, was, right? like, his personal legend uh, yeah. of his life in the beginning, or so he thought. Yeah, he was like, he oh. to get back to her, yeah. I'm just going to be a shepherd and go marry this girl. And yeah. then when he's in the caravan, they end up going to a, like, they end up in this, like, camp in the desert, right? And he meets this girl, and he ends up falling in love with her, and... He's, like, kind of nervous because he's, like, maybe I should just stay with her. Like, I'm in love with her. Mm -hmm. So, like, she's obviously more important to me than anything. I'm just going to give up my my dream and just stay with her. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to leave her, right? Uh, and she kind of looks at him and is, like, you know what? Like, you need to, like, do your thing. And, like, I'm not going to prevent you from, like, living out your dream. Which so, I thought like, that was so beautiful. And it was almost, it almost took me off guard because you think as you go into relationships that that's one of the things that a lot of people get caught up in is that their relationship actually does hold them back a lot. And I think what this girl showed him is that you, it, it doesn't have to be like that. And she really surprised me when she was like, I, my personal legend is actually to be here waiting for you. So yeah. you go do your thing and you may come back or you may not, but either way you will have pursued what you were put on this earth to do and i think that shows just like at least on a in a real world perspective a healthy real open relationship that somebody needs in order to be able to succeed and find what their soul work actually is and basically the person that like i know i know some people that um one of their dreams is going to take them like on the road and they're mm -hmm. the person that they're with does not want them to do that right mm -hmm. and I tell him all the time, like, if she really loved you, um, she would either find a way to be on the road with you or she would find a way to be okay at home. Because okay. if her dream keeps her at home, she'll make it work for you. Because, like, it's not about, like, you give up your dream to help your spouse. You right. both figure out how to compromise together. Like, the person who you are supposed to be with should not prevent you from doing what you 
want to do. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. And he, Santiago says in the book that he's like scared to leave her and all this stuff. And then she says, which is one of my all time favorite quotes about love ever. And it has been the most comforting thing to me as a person who was young and got married because so many people told me, how can you get married? You don't even know him. He doesn't even know you because you guys are going to change so much. You're only 18. Like you're gonna be different people in five years. And she says to him, the dunes are changed by the wind, but the desert never changes. And that's the way our love will be for another. Basically saying, the people in love change constantly. We're going to be, yeah. we're eroding always and changing transitioning. Yeah. all the time. But the thing that will always stay the same is our love for each other, our respect for each other. That will always be there. And that has like been so true to my relationship. Me and Ethan have changed so much in our five years of marriage. We're 24 now. We were 18 yeah. when we met. Like we are completely different people, right? But the thing that has always stayed the same is our love for each other and our respect for each other and our ability to like at the core, we're still, we value the same things. We care about the same things. Like we're still those, those like you're supporting each other. You still like at the very bottom of it, you're still best friends and you care about each other and you want each other to succeed in your own separate individual goals, you know, and that doesn't change no matter what your goals are and who you change into. And I can say the same thing about Keegan and I, like in the beginning, we weren't really in that good of a place in our relationship and same thing, like a lot of, or just like in a good place in life in general. And I, definitely know a lot of people did not think we were very good to be around like with each other you know but then when you grow up and you start transitioning and changing again the one thing that stays the same is the love but there is a lot of growth and evolution that happens in relationships in general it literally yeah and i i just love i just love that quote talking about like the dunes are gonna change but the desert never changes we're gonna go through life but we will always be there for each other and i love that so mm-hmm. when he gets in the caravan, he meets uh, the Englishman that he was talking to earlier um, is like super interested in basically learning to do exactly what Santiago is doing, like follow his personal legend and, you know, learn, do all of that. Right. Um, he wants to become an alchemist, which is like turning um, a metal into gold. Right. Which Santiago, like there's a lot of like um, like similarities between the, the two things, like Basically, the, the book is called The Alchemist, which is funny because it's not really mm-hmm. about alchemy, but it's basically talking about like turning your regular iron life, your regular metal life into gold, your dream. That's that's what this is. It's alchemy in your own life. Right. And uh, he talks about like a lot in the book that there's like this mysterious chain that links one thing to another, the same chain that had caused him to become a shepherd where like all these events are like linking up and meeting up perfectly. And like, like I was saying, like there's no such thing as coincidences. If a coincidence happened, that means you were freaking, it's literally God stepping in and changing the direction of things so that this will happen for you. This is what you are meant to do. Um, he talks a lot about how, like, if you look back at your life, it's so obvious to see where the hand, God's hand has played a part in your life and changed things and made things to where, like, if you hadn't experienced this, you wouldn't experience this, that kind of a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the, he, the, um, Englishman's trying to learn about life and trying to do what Santiago is doing. Like listen to the, um, what is it called? The language of the universe, which is basically listening to God, right? Seeing what God wants, wants you to do, hearing his voice. And Santiago, he gives Santiago a book and he's like, here, read this. It's all about talking to God. And Santiago's like, you don't need to read a book to learn this. Like you can just like, it's pretty simple. Like you don't need this huge text. He was saying you can just watch the desert. You can sit and just like watch the desert because they had a really long trip essentially and the englishman was so about his books and about like everything that was written and what he can learn from that and then santiago was like in the desert was like you can learn just as much from this book as you can from the desert and everything that's outside of you and like experiencing life like you can just experience life and and learn and so at he reads the book and then he like asked the the englishman's like so what did you think did you learn a bunch and he says well, really, above everything, I learned that all these things are so simple they could be written on the surface of an emerald. He basically tells him, like, this is a a big convoluted book trying to describe something that is so simple, which is literally just follow your fucking heart, do what was put on you to do, and continue to follow that, your truest goal. Like, And when I say follow your heart, I don't mean I want to be an actress because I want to be famous and I want people to like mm-hmm. me. That's not why. You be an actress because you love acting or you love telling stories, mm-hmm. right? What and actually like, sets your soul on fire. Yes, and do the thing that, like, I always check in with myself and, like, especially on days when social media gets hard and I say, is this really what you want to do? Like, is this really what you want? And then I think if no one was watching you, if it, this had no implications of, like, your future or money or paid, would you still be doing it? Like, does this is this mm-hmm. still what you want? 
And I'm like, yeah, this is what I want. So obviously I should be doing it. Like I always ask Mm -hmm. people when they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. Like if it meant nothing to anyone else and you could make all the money in the world, all the money, a million dollars, what would you you be doing? What would you Mm -hmm. do? What is your, what would you actually be doing? And that's and they're what like, they talk about in this book in general too is like, well, I don't remember who actually introduced it to him, but the term maktab. Yeah, how it is written. It's, it's, it just means, yeah, it is written. And that's something I bring up just like silently to myself a lot, just in the way that people act, the way that people treat me, the way that, you know, like this girl that I don't necessarily agree with her morals and is going through the waves of life, like the way she's going through her journey. And like, it really is a lot more simple than what people make it out to be, at least just the meaning of life. And I think that that's what the biggest mindfuck to people is. They're like, how can it be this simple? You know, like life needs to be hard. They need to have some sort of strategy. And to a lot of people, the strategy of being yourself is something that sounds so minuscule because they hate themselves anyway. So it's like when you actually learn to know that you were put on this earth actually for something and that whether you like it or not makes you valuable in some way, then people will start to realize that everything really is written. And I think they'll be a lot more confident at least within themselves and with the people around them. And in the beginning of the book, um, they talk about a lot like, well, what is your personal legend? And he says basically like when you're uh, when you're young, um, it's what you've always wanted to accomplish. Everyone, when you're young, knows what your destiny is. When you're little, you just do what you want to do because you don't yeah. care what anyone thinks. He says yeah. at a point in the, at that point in their lives, everything is clear and everything is possible. Yeah. They're not afraid to dream and to yearn for everything they would like to see happen to them in their lives. But as time passes, a mysterious force begins to convince them that it will be impossible for them to realize their destiny. It's a force mm-hmm. that appears to be negative, but actually shows you how to realize your destiny. It prepares your spirit and your will because there is one great truth on this planet. Whoever you are and whatever it is you want to do, what you really want, when you really want something, it's because that desire originated in the soul of the universe, a.k.a. God. Um, mm-hmm. It's your mission on Earth. Uh, and then he says, even when all you want to do is travel or marry the daughter of a textile merchant, he says, yes, or even search for treasure. The soul of the world is nourished by people's happiness and also by unhappiness, envy, and jealousy. I don't understand what... Oh, to realize one's destiny is one's personal... One's is a person's only real obligation. All things are one. When you want something, the universe conspires to help you achieve it. And he basically says, like, when you're little, it's so easy and everyone knows. And that's why it's so funny that we just get ourselves, like, anxiety, fear, other people's opinions of us all change the way that we go about our lives. Like, why do we let things like that interfere with what we want? Like, as we get older, we just listen so much to other people. And it we don't need to do that. Like, it's, it is really so easy, like you're saying. Like, we don't want to admit how simple it is, but it is. And it's hard for us now, too. I don't want people to think that this is like some sort of easy change that you can have because it takes a lot of work. And the reason that it takes so much work is because from when you were a child up until now, think about all the times that people have judged you, all the things on TV that you've seen, like, oh, I want to be like this girl or, oh, that guy said something to me, so I need to change this way. Like, there's been so many years and days and days and days of constant, like, I want to say like manipulation, but some sort of like forming into society, basically, that all of us have had. And it's not until we start to do the work that we can start to realize exactly how much we have changed since we were kids, specifically because of these issues, because of the insecurities and the anxieties that we've built because of the other people that were around us. Yeah, because it really it it really is that simple. What you want to do is what you should be doing. Um, And it's sad that it takes so long for you to just like finally like be able to comprehend that you know you'll see a lot of like tiktoks and stuff where people are like when you realize finding yourself is just figuring like returning to the person you were when you were a kid like literally that's what it is like you lose yourself in the process of growing up and then have to figure that out again um that we talk a lot about it's funny because there's a lot of parallels to this and like to like listening to successful people talk i love hearing successful people talk about their lives and how they got there right um and one of the the, there's a podcast i talk about a lot it's a specific episode of skinny confidential where they're talking with someone about like the challenges of becoming good at something and how you can't just have things handed to you because then you don't learn how to you don't have staying power you're not gritty you can't figure things out so in order to stay at the top you have to climb up there because you won't be able to stay there if you don't go through all the things you have to go through to get there yeah um and they talk about that in the book too like 
Uh, he says, the closer you get to the realization of your dream, the more difficult things become. It seemed as if what the king had called beginner's luck were no longer functioning. In his pursuit of the dream, he was being constantly subjected to tests of his patience and courage so he could not be hasty nor impatient. If he pushed forward impulsively, he would fail to see the signs and omens left by God. God mm -hmm. placed them along my path. He had surprised himself with the thought. Until then, he had considered the omens to be things of this world, like eating or sleeping, or like seeking love or finding a job. He had never thought of them in terms of the language God used to indicate what he should do. Don't be impatient, he repeated to himself. It's like the camel driver said, eat when it's time to eat, move along when it's time to move along. Basically, if you're sitting in a waiting period and nothing is changing, you just need to let it happen. And you just need to be very aware of like, just actively be working to make things happen for you but don't try to push things forward when they're not moving just just be patient and let things happen yeah that's where i feel like the self-awareness comes in for sure which is such an important like it, that that's literally how it is and like i'm saying a lot of things about this book that i'm probably making it sound more complicated than it is but it really is so simple and when you read it you're like it just connects so much with so many things that i've experienced myself in my trying to figure out what i should be doing with my life and what I really want, you know? Um, yeah, and that's where I feel like when I said in the beginning that this book kind of has just put into words what we kind of feel going through our own personal journey. Because, like, even in, I would say, maybe, like, my freshman year of college is when I started learning about, like, third eye stuff. And just as in-depth as you want to get into it, it's really about just having a different perspective on your life than what we grew up having. And I think this, just in general, this entire journey with him shows us that people really go through a lot of the same things as we are trying to figure this out. Like, for example, it showed, I can't remember on what page or what the exact quote was, but it basically... Someone was telling him, I'm pretty sure it was the alchemist, was telling him that right before you reach your goal, everything that you have ever learned in your past is going to be tested, which yeah. really made a lot of sense to me because there's a reason why we're learning everything that we are learning every day. You know, again, Maktab, it is written all as one. Like, there's a reason why we're going through everything that we're going through. And it also makes sense to me that you're not going to be able to achieve the one thing everybody wants, and that's the gold of finding your soul unless all of that is fully tested. Yeah. So that's something that's also as like challenging and scary as it sounds. It also is a challenge. And it's something that, again, if you're going through that, you're not the only person that would be going through that. And if you believe in God and faith and like all of this stuff and you follow like signs of the universe and everything, which I guess you wouldn't necessarily be reading this if you didn't, then you understand that that's uh, something that's written for everybody that's pursuing this. And there's a part in the book where he's contemplating, like, Santiago is contemplating, like, why some people think like he used to think. He says maybe they felt that way because they never learned the universal language. Because when you know that language, it's easy to understand that someone in the world awaits you, whether it's in the middle of the desert or in some great city. He's talking about God. And when two mm -hmm. pe such people encounter each other and they're, or, well, then he starts talking about his his uh wife who he's gonna marry he says um there's incredible certainty that ev that everything under the sun has been written by one hand only it is a hand that evokes love and creates a twin soul for every person in the world without such love one's dreams would have no meaning and he's basically saying like literally one person has scripted all of this like knows exactly like what you want and what you want to do and obviously you have free will this is something that i feel like people debate a lot in christianity like or or debate with christians a lot like do we have free will? Do we not? We have free will. You are free to do whatever it is that you want to do. And that, like, we're talking about if you don't, like, follow the omens, listen to the omens, you're going to, like, end up doing, like, not seeing them anymore, right? Because you're not listening. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you can choose to do the socially acceptable thing and what everybody else wants you to do. Or you can choose to do what you actually want. And, like, if you choose to do what you actually want, God is there the whole time and helping you and, like guiding you and giving you the signs of what you need to do next and you're not alone and like mock tub what's repeated in the book over and over again it is written it's written all by one hand and you can look mm -hmm. back at your life and see so clearly that someone was there making sure that you were good that whole time mm -hmm. even when you weren't looking for that person even when you weren't in a relationship with god he was there the whole time and i think that's such a cool takeaway from this book because it's something that i didn't really i didn't really understand until I read this and I, I was always a very spiritual person, but I didn't, um, I had never gone to church. And so there's a lot of like 
foundational things in Christianity that I didn't understand and the alchemist helped me understand it. And that was one of them. Just like God always being with you and him like being able to see his, his hand in your life. Like I had never understood that until I read the alchemist. Yeah. I heard, um, one quote, I think it was from, uh, Ed Milet and he was talking about how, when we get to heaven, you're going to see the version of you say like the highest version of yourself, like the best version of yourself. And you're going to be faced with that like what you would have ended up in in your life or as in your life if you did follow those omens and you did pursue yourself and you did give yourself the best chance that you could have. And ever since hearing that, that scares me. And Ed Milet said, your goal should want should be to want those two people to be twins. You know, yeah. you want them to be the same person. And so I think that's something that is paralleled with this book a lot too and it gives me a lot of motivation going through things because like with free will and everything it's not like in my eyes it's not like god obviously wants something that would be bad for us or something that we wouldn't truly want something that's not like our true desire as it is so i feel like as much as i can stay parallel to that i know that that's when i'm truly the most happy so yeah, that's what I try to go through or try to think about, you know, throughout my daily life is, is this something that my highest self would be doing? Or yeah. if not, then I need to like rethink it, you know? At the end too, you were talking about how like God is the only, and we're not going to give away any spoilers, right? That's, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. So, but at the end, I don't think this is really much of a spoiler, but he gets to this position to where basically they're stuck in this soldier camp situation and um they need to get out of there and the alchemist says to him or says to the soldiers that the boy will be able to essentially produce wind to be able to get out of there etc the boy is obviously not magical so how is this something that's going to happen and long story short he has there's this moment in the, in the book where he's talking to the wind and the sun which in any regular person's eyes you would think is like very powerful and like that will be able to help you i mean why not go to the wind to create wind um and it basically comes down to the fact that he has to pray and i think that's something that this book kind of refers to this whole time but doesn't necessarily touch on until that exact moment that you can utilize all your resources all your references go to all the people around you do all the self-help that you can possibly do but until you're actually talking to God and you have the faith in him and kind of like that that's to me it's manifestation but to keep that forward then none of this is gonna you know if you don't have that sort of grounding with God or your faith then it is going to be, there's going to be a lot of loose holes in this journey. And I don't know how people try to go through, like, how, how people go through all, all this stuff, all this, like, finding your, you know, finding your purpose and ju just going on this journey of, of finding your destiny or whatever you want to call it and not, not be, and not have a deep spiritual connection. Like, that is the mm -hmm. way that I have been able to accomplish anything that I've done. Like anything that I do is because of God and because of his ability to communicate with me in my life and tell me what to do next. And his ability to my, my ability to think clearly about what he's put on my heart. Like that's the only way I've been able to accomplish anything. So I just think if you are trying to set, you know, go off on your journey, I'm sorry if you're not a Christian. I mean, I am. So this is how I'm going to say it. You need to get right with God if you want to mm -hmm. continue and, and have the best chance at accomplishing those things personally. I think it's one of the things we were talking about. I think it was, in, we recorded a podcast before this, but it's one of those things where it's like reading and writing where you're like, I know I need to, but it's one of those things that you kind of take for granted. So you don't really implement as a habit as much, at least for my personal life. I feel like God's always with me. He's always like my right hand man. So like, I feel like it's like my mom where I have to intentionally take time to call her and talk to her and like build that relationship. And I think a lot of people with God, especially again, take that for granted. And, um, you just don't really realize the benefit that it has on your life until it's something that you implement. He talks about like, um, Every second uh, of the search is an encounter with God. Uh, when I have been truly searching for my treasure, every day has been luminous because I've known that every hour was a part of a dream that I would that I would find it. When I have been truly searching for my treasure, I've discovered things along the way that I never would have seen if I had not had the courage to try things that seemed impossible for a shepherd to achieve. And I feel this so hard. Like when I, like there are like moments in when I'm pursuing my dreams that I feel so amazing and like magical like things are just like feeling so magical and so good like when we were at nfr like where i'm like wow you can really do this and i feel the best that i feel 
any day. And I really believe that, like, those moments are encounters with God. Like, you are closest mm-hmm. to God when you are doing the things that he put you on this earth to do. And you're glorifying him to the highest ability when you're doing exactly what he made you to do. The thing you're going to be best at, you know? I think that's one of the biggest things, too, that I learned from this book is the power of listening to your heart. And it's like, again, everything in life, all the quotes and everything that really can get you centered and grounded in who, where you need to be. It always seems way more simple. So you hear, listen to your heart. You're like, okay, sure. But this book has more of a perspective of building a relationship with your heart. So you get a lot of fear and you get a lot of anxiety when you're trying to reach your goals. But, and I think it could have been like in that part that you were just talking about. But I believe the alchemist talks to him about like when you listen to your heart and you have a relationship with it and you know it through and through, there is nothing that you're not going to know about it, you know, as far as like what your fear is and what your anxiety is and what makes you happy and where you need to go. And he says that that path and that journey and all those steps are in your heart. So if you work every day to, you know, pursue that relationship, that's really going to get you to where um, you need to be. Uh, The last quote I'm going to talk about is on page 149 very end of the book he says there's only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve and that's the fear the fear of failure and i think that that's the biggest like thing you get from this book when you read it is i I really do believe that anyone who wants to accomplish something can and we just so often again decide that we're not worthy of those things that we don't deserve to have what we want for what like that's for lucky people it's for rich people it's for people that just are in the right place at the right time all those things but none of that is true all of us Mm -hmm. deserve what we want and all of us have different things that we want out of life and you're gonna feel the best when you're pursuing that that thing you were put on this planet to do that is when Mm -hmm. you will feel the best Um, yeah that'll be when you're your highest self essentially yeah i taught me this book taught me a lot about talking to god seeing the signs of god in my life his hand in my life and just trying to qualm those fears I had about my own dreams and the reasons I was telling myself that I couldn't do things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I was looking through some of the things that I wrote down in my journal. Uh, I'll just read one of the prompts that I wrote down. I don't know if it makes fully any sense, but we'll see. Um, so this is just talking about the path to finding your personal legend and kind of summarizes what we were talking about. The path to finding your personal legend starts with beginner's luck, the soul of the world's way of encouraging you that you're on the right path. Omens are what show you that you're still pointing in the right direction and help you understand which ways to go in life. The path to your personal legend gets tested in every way at the end and requires those seeking it to put everything they've learned to use. Most give up at this point. It's always the darkest right before dawn. It's like my favorite quote in the book. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was so good. I'm honestly really happy. I haven't taken the time to like, I've talked to you about it and then Jenny read it. So I've like set some highlights here and there, but haven't taken the time to actually like go through and evaluate it and talk about it really deeply. So that was really cool. And I actually haven't read it, read it in quite a while now. I think we're at like two months since I've read read it geez i cannot talk i'm like short circuiting now but anyways that was really nice i was really uh it's like one of those books that i like like you're saying you read it five times i want to already i'm at the point to where i'm ready to reread it again yeah and i i annotated my copy and i gave it to ethan and he read it and he read it with my notes in it and he loved it and there's just so many like i i feel like we cannot do it justice and this was a little bit like scattered at some points because it's just there's so much to take in from it but If you are confused in life, you are trying to figure out what you want, or you are afraid to go after what you want, Mm -hmm. read this book. It, it really brings a lot of clarity to you. And you just think about like, it, this really is so simple. Why Mm -hmm. am I so dumb? Like really, when you read it, that's how you feel. And uh, I could go on and on about it for days. I, my, it really did change my whole outlook on everything. And it makes sense why so many successful people feel the same way because they do what this book says to do. And that's how they become successful best at what they do all that stuff so yeah yeah i'm just glad we get to talk about this i hope you guys read it or have already read it and you're listening to this yeah that's like what you're saying like i feel like we can't really do it justice just because there's so much to unpack like it's genuinely like in one little book it's the meaning of life like how are you supposed to just be able to unpack that even at all so that's like again why i want to read it time and time over because I feel like even when I was Jenny just read it like two weeks ago and when I was going back through it I felt like I was even then learning more from it and I can relate to every point in his story like I'll reread it and I'll be like 
like the last time I reread it, I really related to the caravan part where everyone is kind of telling him all these really convoluted, crazy things he needs to do and how hard it is. And he's just like, it's not mm-hmm. that hard. Like, it's pretty simple. And like, I was like in a point in my life where everyone was doing that to me, trying to tell me what to do and what was next. And I was like thinking, oh my God, I need to do this. I need to do that. And then I was like, it's really, yeah. like, I, it's not that hard. Like, so every time I read it, I'm like at a different point in Santiago's journey and I can understand like, I, I don't know, whatever he's at. And I just, it, it's a really yeah. great book and I hope you For guys sure. read it. Um, if you guys like this, please let us know. Cause I would love to do more like book club stuff. Um, not always on like self-help books, like maybe like some cool fiction books would be cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Thanks guys for taking the time to listen to this. Make sure to rate us on, um, five stars. Yes. Five stars, please. And, uh, leave us a review. We already have a few reviews, which is so cool. It's like my favorite thing to read ever. Same. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Okay. Love you guys so much. We'll talk to you later. Bye guys. Bye.